Welcome to the Inspired Teachers Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Woldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Our goal is to help you by discussing a variety of topics that will help you as a whole. In the same way, we want to focus on the whole child. On this podcast, we will be talking in and outside the classroom. Okay, Laura, before we start, let's think about last week. All right. I loved last week. I loved last week too. What'd you get out of it? Well, you know, I had learned that content uh, last, last year and it was so good for me to revisit it. I think it was just great for me to think about how intentional I have to be. I can do all those things we listed off like exercise or breath work, but if I'm not intentional about it, mm-hmm. about the practice, then it doesn't close the stress cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about you? Uh, it was stressors versus stress. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I can't change the stressors. There are things in life that are just stressful, but I can ha- manage how I handle mm-hmm. that. So guess what I did this week? What'd you do? I started running again. I'm very excited and proud of you. I know. And I've been intentional about it because, and I've been sleeping. I go to bed at nine o'clock every night because I got to get up at 445 to go for a run. So mine were sleeping Mm -hmm. and exercising and I'm doing the breathing where we trace. Oh yeah. The square. The square square breathing is Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. I think when I'm thinking about stress and stressors, most of my life, I have said that that was stress when it was a stressor. Me too. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And yeah. so I'm trying to, I've been watching my vocabulary this week. I I think also the big thing that stood out with me is to close that stress cycle. It's, it's nothing fancy or difficult. Yeah. It's free. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for it. You just have to be your mm-hmm. word pur- purposeful and intentional. Yeah. Yep. And I really do think we need accountability, you know, especially if you're, this has not been your norm to be accountable with someone right. is great. Yeah. So, and that was, um, I put that as a challenge in the show notes to listeners to do that. So okay. fine. Share this podcast with somebody or share that stress cycle podcast with somebody else listeners and say, okay, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to yeah. do? And let's talk about it. And I listened to a podcast this week. Um, it's armchair expert, Dak Shepard, uh, he always has a little bit of language in his, but this podcast with, um, I think Gabor is his last name. He is a researcher and a doctor. He studied addiction and trauma. Hmm. And I will be listening to it for my third time this week. And the same podcast. The over. same podcast over and over. And mm-hmm. I will be doing it to take notes. And I'll attach this in the show notes, listeners. I think everybody should listen to it because he was talking about the, um, Mm, the impact of keeping your emotions inside your body and not voicing them or sharing them and things like that, the major health effects of it. And it is alarming. It's fascinating to me. So I will, I will attach that because I want everybody to listen to it. And I think it will prepare. If we know this stuff about ourselves, then we can use this information to help our students mm-hmm. not bottle all those emotions up yes, too. Because it will make you sick. I just yeah. finished a book by Brene Brown and mm-hmm. she actually discussed that about just the, the emotional, the, the physical effect of our emotional health. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, it's so linked the mind and so, the body and I'm taking control people. And, and I think in Western medicine, we just treat the body 
and don't treat the mind. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We do. And we have to approach it differently. Yeah, we don't ever get to the root cause. All right. Are you ready for today? I am. I'm excited. All right, listeners, for today, we have a guest. And here is our drum roll. Our guest is Lauren Clee. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hey. hey, thanks for letting me join y'all today. Well, we wanted we wanted an expert from the classroom, mm-hmm. and you know how highly I think of you and your mom. So, fun fact, I didn't know Lauren's mom, and we met through work, and I heard all about Lauren, and she heard all about Lindsay, and evidently, <laughs> Lindsay and Lauren could be sisters because they are they are so, so much, much alike. alike. Yes, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, four boys and yeah, uh, yeah, twin boys. She wanted they both want a little girl and got twin boys. <laughs> or yes. they heaven. Yeah. So. I say, are you not trying for a girl? No, I got two boys, so I'm good. Yeah. On top of the other two. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Lauren is joining us. She is kicking off the first of a series that we are going to do, not in a row, but throughout the podcast, and we're titling it Voices from the Classroom. Kim and I know the value of hearing from people, uh, hearing from other teachers mm-hmm. and school leaders just to get ideas and just to, it always inspires us. Yeah, it does. And so we, what we've decided to do is interview tons of people at different grade levels and different settings and different mm-hmm. roles. And Lauren, you are our first. So yeah. thank you. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thank you for letting me be the first. I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, well, Lauren's had a lot of experience in doing different things. So why don't you share a little bit? Yeah. Tell us your about your experience. Well, so I started out, well, let me just back up. My mom has been in education forever forever. And I grew up as a teacher's kid. And so I spent every summer helping her get her room ready, getting the bookstore ready at her school, helping her get her school ready when she was a principal. And I loved education. I taught swimming. I had younger brothers and I kept telling her, mom, I want to be a teacher. And she's like, no, 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 don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. And I'm like, but I do, I do. I feel like I need to. And she's like, no, why don't you be a news reporter? So I went to school at uh, Middle Tennessee State University to be a an electronic media journalist. It's a fancy <laughs> word for broadcast journalism. And then I minored in speech and theater because that that's a love of mine, too. And um, I did it three years out of college. And I just kept going back to, I just want to be a teacher. I just want to teach. And where I was living at the time in Jackson, Tennessee, they had a school. It's called uh, Jackson Central Mary. Um, it's a very old school. It has a lot of history there. It's a very urban population at that school, a very low performing school. And they had an opening for a theater teacher. And so I did not tell my mom about it. I went to the interview, <laughs> didn't even tell her because I was like, she's going to be so mad. She's always told me not to do it. That it's, you know, but I saw how much how much it made her happy and how much it just inspired her. And I just wanted that in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went to the interview. They called me like the next hour and said, well, we want you to come in. So I went and was a teacher for the first time and I had no training. I did not do this in college. 
So I leaned on my mom. I mean, I taught theater one in this urban school to most of these kids who were very low SES, low performing, low reading scores. And we read Pygmalion. We wrote scripts. Yes, we did it. And I, I, I feel like I say a lot of times that I was thrown to the wolves because I didn't have any formal training, but I think it helped make me who the educator that I am today. I think all teachers need that experience because they really, truly, I don't know, it helps them appreciate what they have mm-hmm. and appreciate where they came from. And you really learn like all about it. And those kids to this day, like I'll see pictures pop up and it just brings so much joy to me because they, they made me who I am. Like they made me tough. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I taught after that. Well, while I was teaching there, I went and got my master's because that's how it works in Tennessee. When you work on a uh, transitional license, you can either get your hours or you can go like six more hours and get your master's. And I thought, why not? So I did that. And then I ended up going and teaching theater at a school district. It was more of a rural school district in Henderson, Tennessee. And I did that for four years. And then I had the twins and I thought I was done. (laughs) And then I wasn't. (laughs) I taught in like a very suburban area um, in South Gibson County High School. And I taught English and it was tested. And that was, it was, it was different, but it was fun being able to teach those kids and get them ready for that end of the year test. And then I hope it happens. Do what? Was that at the high school level, uh, English yes. teaching? Okay. Yes, it was. Um, I've taught was ninth grade English, and I've taught uh, ninth grade is the lowest I've gone. Um, and I taught 11th grade English and senior English. And okay. then I came here to West Memphis because my grandmother passed away during COVID, and I wanted to come home and help take care of my family. And when you have as many kids as I have, it's nice. It's nice when you live around grandparents because they help. It mm. takes a village. And so I needed to be near my family. And I, and I just decided to come back and teach in my alma mater. And I did that. And I taught AP English, which is totally different than what I was used to. But it was kind of the same thing because it was tested and I knew what to do. Um, it's very high stakes. And then... I got a job in West Memphis. I was the communications director for a year, but I missed the classroom. I missed the connection I had with the kids. I missed being in there every day and seeing those light bulb moments. And so I decided that I was going to go back to the classroom. And now I'm teaching AP English again at Marion High School. So that's my journey. (laughs) It's a lot. It is, but it's a great journey. And I know Marion's glad to have you teaching their kids. And don't you think having all those different experiences, it really makes you just a, a stronger teacher? It does. It really does. I, I've talked to a lot of other teachers who have gone that non-traditional route and no offense to people who start out that way, but it just, it makes you appreciate it. I just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I I love it. Like I love going to work every day and I see other teachers like veteran teachers that are just so stressed out and so burnt out. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that I'm not because mm. the kids need that kind of person. They need oh. that. They need people like me. Yes, they do. They do. They need somebody that's excited to be there and yes. yeah. yeah, passionate, passionate about their con- yes. them. You know, it's easy to be passionate yeah. about your content. If you love what you teach, that's, that's the easy. Exactly. Yeah. 
And when you get excited about teaching the crucible or reading Gatsby, they, they are excited about it. Yeah. You make it fun. They like it. They're like, when are we going to read some more? Yeah. So I know that's true. Mm -hmm. How do you think you've changed as a professional during that time? I think that I just don't stress the tests and stuff anymore. I don't get stressed over the observations. I just do my thing. Like, I, and I don't know if that comes with age because, or the amount of children that I have at home. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, y'all were talking earlier about being stressed out and, and I am also a runner. And so that, that is my escape. And I feel like a lot of days, especially on days that I'm stressed out, I try to leave it all at school and I don't bring stuff home to grade it. I just, if I don't get it done at school, it'll just have to move to the next day. And and so be it. I, I just, I cannot stress myself out. I have to be involved in my children's lives too. They're very involved in other things. They swim. We go to gymnastics. We do soccer and Cub Scouts. And, and I, and I had to be present for them because that's not healthy for them. So I just need to, I try not to stress. I think that that's how much I've grown. I just don't, I used to stress about in Tennessee, we always had to write the standards on the board and the agenda on the board. And we had to address each standard in our lesson and how, I mean, it was just stressful. And when I stopped doing that, like stressing so much about it and just writing it and just addressing it and making it part of my, my instruction, it just, it made it easier. Mm. And, and I just find that not stressing so much about the little things helps mm-hmm. and yeah. running. It also helps. <laughs> taking yeah. those problems to the pavement <laughs> yeah well I think those those things we have to do that are very routine and yes what I gathered just from what you said is you just kind of accepted it and just yep. made it a part of your day instead right. of getting worked up about it it's just, a, right. just we brush our teeth we do this we also write the standard on the board because I read somewhere it takes 21 days to make a habit so if you can do it for 21 days mm-hmm. You could do it. Just yeah. make it part of your daily plan and, and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, this kind of piggybacks on what we've been, your experience. But if you could talk to your beginning teacher self, what advice would you give yourself? Probably to not stress about the lesson plans as much and just let it flow. I think in the last five years, even I've kind of stopped stressing about lesson planning and just let it flow. And it's really helped, um, over plan always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I really think too, I lean on my live TV experience when I was a reporter and an anchor that has helped me tremendously in the training that I had with that, because if I'm in the middle of a lesson, and no one is getting it, then I just have to pivot. Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta pull it out of a hat somewhere. And I have to do that a lot. Even in AP, I have to, to figure out if, if they're not getting it, we have to get it. Right. Because if we don't get it, we take that test on in May, on May 14th and nobody knows how to write three essays in two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, it just, right. So even I have though, to get them prepared. Mm-hmm. I guess what you're saying is, yes, you got it. You're over planned. But if you don't, if it's not going as planned, you follow the students. You, yes. you read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yep. 
That's you have to read them. And it's kind of like being a performer too. I mean, I can't tell you how many plays I was in. And, and if you, if you don't have a good audience, you have to re reconfigure. And so I've tried to embrace that, that it's not me necessarily. It's just how either I'm presenting the material or their background knowledge, maybe some, you know, it may work for one class and it doesn't work for the other class. Mm -hmm. So you may have to do something totally different and it's just not being so stuck to that lesson plan that it's okay if you get stuck on a discussion topic and it gets really in depth, like let it go, like let them do it because that that's learning too. being able to discuss in depth about a text is so much they're going to get so much more out of that than oh well I have to get to this part of my lesson plan no you can move to that tomorrow and, and re reevaluate it <laughs> we'll reevaluate yeah. yeah because we'll that reevaluate engage mm -hmm. that's what you're wanting is for them yes. to be engaged I really yes. have been trying to rephrase when I say I'm going to make a lesson plan I'm trying to use the term I'm going to make a learning plan so yes. instead of thinking. I really need to do my focus on what is it going to take for them to learn? And that's what I need to be. That's good, Laura. What I need to target mm -hmm. my attention to is, yes, I know I need to teach simplifying fractions, but I have to be more focused on the learning mm -hmm. rather than really the content if I expect them to get it and for it to stick. And sometimes some students need more emotional learning things than they do the actual learning. Yeah. So they may be having a bad day and you may need to teach them how to handle certain feelings or deal with a certain issue. This happened to me the other day. Some Somebody down the hallway called this girl a name and she didn't like it. And I was like, wait a minute. And so I went over like, this is how I would have responded. Maybe you should do that next time. And And it just, it took five minutes of my day. Yes, did we not get to my bell ringer right then? We didn't, but we just kept moving and I made up for it in other ways. It just, you just have to let it go. You got to let it flow. It's got to be flow. Well, you, we also, we have to build our students up and sometimes that's yes. not always academically. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. They need you. You have a relationship with them. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can do those things. So what, what do you do in your classroom um, to make it a great place to be for kids to be and to learn and build those relationships? I love them. <laughs> they know that I care about them. They know that I'm crazy. I have microphones. I have lights. I have music. I have it, it kind of my assistant principals will come in. And they're like, can I just sit in here? It feels like my house. I just make it comfortable. We turn off the lights. I have LEDs. I have lamps. They're everywhere. I mean, it looks like my house because mm -hmm. I always tell people I spend the majority of my time in this classroom. So it needs to be comfortable for me because if yeah. I'm comfortable, they're going to be comfortable mm -hmm. and they're always comfortable. Like I just, I just let them know that I'm going to make you work, but it's for your own good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and I, I stress this all the time. I'm not going to do anything. That I, I'm not going to make you do anything that either I haven't done or I won't do. Mm -hmm. And I and I do this all the time. They'll still always say they were asking me the other day because we we're learning about the rhetorical analysis, the essay, and that's it's a lot. It's a lot for these kids. Um, they just sometimes don't don't get it right off the bat. I think it's it's still a COVID thing. We're trying to get past that. Like we, I, I hate to keep blaming COVID, but like at some point we're going to get past it. I just know it. <laughs> But well, they, 
It'll be in about uh, seven years. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I know how to handle it. I was in it and then teaching in a mask and all that. And now I see the what has happened as a result of it. And so I know how to handle it. It's just, it's it's hard to get these kids to think critically like that. But I, we're getting there. And it's taking a little bit more time. But like I said, you got to monitor and adjust. I have to do that. So I just, I always write with them. And that, like, I'll sit down and write an essay with them. Like, if I say it's time to write an essay, you got 40 minutes. I'll sit down there and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing the essay. Get oh, to work. Um, you know, Ralph Fletcher always. Because, yeah, it's really good. because they, they will move mountain, mountains for you if they know that you care. Mm-hmm. They will. They will do anything that you ask them. They will. The other day I showed them, we were talking about thesis statements. And they they didn't know how to they didn't know much about them. They're like, no one has showed me, like set me down and show me how to write a thesis statement. I was like, okay. So I taught them three different ways how to write a thesis statement for a rhetorical analysis. And the previous day, you all tra- talking about earlier touching on the previous day's lesson. So the previous day I had asked them to write a thesis statement. None of them did it. Because they were clueless. They they had never written this kind of essay before. It's very, very I mean, it's thick material. It's a lot. It makes you think. It makes you, I mean, it's a lot. And so a lot of them didn't write it. And some of them who wrote it, it wasn't, it didn't make, have anything to do with the prompt. And then I taught them and then they wrote one and I said, take out your notes from yesterday. So they all, you know, they're flipping through. And I said, who wrote a thesis statement? Crickets. (laughs) Nobody wrote one. And I was like, who didn't write a thesis statement? And everybody raised their hand. And I said, okay, who wrote a thesis statement today? And everybody raised their hand. I was like, looky there. In a day's time, look how much you've grown. They're like, oh my gosh, I want to write another thesis. Ooh, I can do it. It's just, I mean, stuff like that. It's just, and I clap and like have a microphone and give them shout outs. And I mean, people always say that when you get to high school, you lose, the elementary is not there anymore. That you can't be cute and funny and, and fun, but you can. Mm-hmm. And they want you to be. They want you to be fun. They, they you. want you to dress up. I mean, I dressed up as a space cat at the beginning of school. Wore like a space outfit with cat ears. And they're like, what in the world are we learning about today? But you know what? When I say space cat this, they're like, oh, I know what to do. I mean, they just, you just have to be, you have to be goofy because they really and truly want it. They, mm-hmm. they, they want it. They want you to be funny. They want you to be engaging. And, and they that's will just be what I do. To do so when you are. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. I try I'm- to make it fun. I try to make it fun because English AP Lang is it's not a fun class. It's hard. But I try to make it as fun as I can. We just finished Gatsby and we had a Gatsby party and Aww. with the green light and they're like at the beginning I had the green light on. They're like, What's up with the green light? I'm like, Oh wait, wait till you find out what's up with the green light. <laughs> and so then they're like, Oh, that's why we have the green light. I'm like, Yep, wait till we read the crucible. They're like, What's that? I'm like, Oh, don't you wanna know? It's fun. It's just fun. Oh, I like that building a little bit of curiosity and change. When you were talking about the thesis statement, day one and day two, one of my favorite people, I don't know if you've ever read any of Ross Green's work. He's big on behavior. He said, kids do what they can. Mm -hmm. And so you Mm -hmm. could have taken that day one entrance slip and been like, oh, they're lazy. They don't want to do this. But really, they didn't have the skills. Mm -hmm. And now they didn't know. 
do have the skills, then now they want to. Mm-hmm. Let's do another one. They do. Yeah. Oh, I've given it to them since then. And they're like, look at my thesis. Uh-uh, mine's better than yours. No, look at hers. Her. I mean, they're like fighting over who has the best thesis. I'm like, y'all, come on. Everybody can have their own thesis. It's really okay. It's your paper. It's your point. As long as you get the point, it's fine. I love it. Okay. I want to know, and I bet listeners want to know, what are your favorite instructional strategies? I'm going to go old school with this one. It's the Madeline Hunter method that the I do, we do, mm-hmm. they do, oh, yeah. you do. I mean, it is, it, when you're writing, it's so important. Like we just finished writing an essay and I did it with them. And they're like, well, why are you doing this with us? Why don't you just give us the prompt? I'm like, what good would that do you? You need to see how to write. And they were so mad at me because they had to copy down my long paragraph. It was extremely extra. And I was like, you will, now you know how to write an extra paragraph. And some of you will, and some of you won't, but at least you've done it once in your life. Mm-hmm. And then I put them into groups, ability groups. It works. Because if I have a strong writer, I need them to work with somebody who isn't a strong writer because they can help them more so than I can. I help them as much as I can. But working with your peers is a lot of times it helps some of the ones that just don't get it. Um, So I put them in groups and then they'll write one in groups and then they'll be put on their own and write their own. I do it all the time. And they're like, I do. We do. I do. I mean, they, they say it all the time. I'm like, but does it help? They're like, yes, it does. It shows me how to do it. Yeah. Oh. And I always give them an example. Modeling is, is so important. No. It's so important. Like even modeling thinking, like I'll just say, how would, how would you, how would you solve this? Think about this. What do you, what would you come up with? And they'll come up with something. I'm like, well, see, I saw it a different way. And then somebody crossed the road. Well, I would have thought this. I said, see, we all think differently, but mm-hmm. maybe now this person will think more like that. You know, it's just modeling thinking is important. Modeling writing is important. <laughs> and we've been talking about copying and pasting plagiarism. And um, they're like, but we're copying your essay. And I'm like, you're mirroring my writing. That's different. <laughs> You're not saying by Laura Wooldridge and yeah. turning it in. <laughs> yes. Yes. I said, you are mirroring my writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Lauren, I am so in alignment with your beliefs about modeling. Uh, you, mm-hmm. You're teaching high school. I just finished teaching college students and the modeling. So I think many times we think, oh, they're older and they don't need right. that. But they do. If we, if we want to. Good, great, great work. Then we've got to show them what it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. And we also have to show them what not to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I show them the bad. I'm like, how do we fix this? And that helps too. Because they're like, oh, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this this way. And then somebody else will take it. Oh, well, I thought about this. It's just, it's neat to see how people think when you model it that way. Mm-hmm. Even with bad examples, it's helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. agree. Yep. I think so too. Okay, Lauren, classroom management. What are some of your best tips for managing that classroom? Relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they know you care, they will. Because I've had students before that have even when I first started teaching, students that were that had ankle bracelets on 
Mm -hmm. um, that were combative with other teachers. And they were like, how did you get them to read a play or write? And I'm like, because they know I care. Mm -hmm. You have to care. You have to, I I mean, I know them by name. Know if they're having a bad day. Go see them play football. Talk about it. Go watch them perform at halftime at the band. Like one of my students, he had a, um, a solo in the band the per- halftime performance the other day. And that made his day when I said, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had a solo. That was amazing. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. making comments. Candy, can- they love candy. Even high schoolers. <laughs> they think, oh man. Go on the models. Oh, yes, stickers. I love- and another thing I practice is is proximity. I mean, they mm-hmm. if, if they're doing something and you could just go and stand there, they'll get get right real quick. Yeah. And if you have such a good relationship with them and they know that you care and there's that mutual respect there, all it will take is you just looking at them like, mm-hmm. really, really. <laughs> that I teacher mean, mom look. Meet, yeah. meet the parents. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, and sometimes I've even, when I taught freshmen, oh my gosh, I had a class full of boys. And I guess this is why God gave me twins because I needed the practice. I had a classroom full of boys in at the end of the day, oh. at the end of the day. And we're trying to read Romeo and Juliet. You know, I'm trying to make it fun and with swords and, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was really not a good idea. But all I would have to say is let's go in the hallway and I want you to call your mom and we're going to talk to her. No, 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 no. It all, all it took was one time to be calling a parent at work and they, that quit. Mm-hmm. Like going in the hallway, taking their phone and having them pull it out and call their mom and me answering like, hello, hey, I just wanted you to know that your son was interrupting my class today and I needed you to talk to him about that. Oh, yeah. You could hear it on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and it never happened again. I mean, sometimes it does take a call home to a parent. Sometimes it does. But if you have that relationship first mm-hmm. and you try and they, you'll, you'll get there. But relationships are key. Learn your kids' names. Just learn their names. Oh, my goodness. Learn their likes and dislikes. Thank you. And their first names. Not, yes. I don't want to be called. Or not, honey. Hey, baby. Hey, honey. No, nobody wants to be called that. No. I agree. I no. agree. No. Oh, they, you're exactly right. No. And it was hard for me this year. I've never had over 100 kids, like, collectively. Because, you know, in high school, we have seven periods. There's a lot of kids. I have, like, 125 kids. So I was like, God, oh, I got to learn all their names. So I would sit there and study <laughs> their picture. Where are they sitting? And sometimes seating charts help you learn their names too, especially yeah. if it's alphabetically. That that helped me. Yeah. Lauren, that makes me so happy. And I always think about it too like this. Would my kids, my own sons, would they want to be in my class today? And if they didn't, I'd need to go home and readjust myself. That's very powerful. Or I'll go, I'll go in the bathroom and I'll say, we gotta, we gotta reset because <laughs> this is not, this is not, mm-hmm. would my son want to be in here today? Cause that, mm-hmm. when it all boils down to it, you want what's best for your kids. So be the best. Oh gosh. Be that's the best for your students. That's right. Your mama trained you well. Oh. <laughs> I love that woman my whole heart. <laughs> I know she's the best. She is. And I really and truthfully think that she secretly wanted me to be a teacher. She just didn't voice that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she's very proud of you. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, she, she you saw her getting fulfillment out of it. And I'm sure she gets fulfillment out of watching you make a difference. And she's wonderful, too. Her mother's wonderful. Mm. She is. She is the best. She is. She is. Okay. She's an elementary person, though. Oh, yeah. she's she's she not is. secondary. She's always like, oh, you secondary people. Uh. <laughs> now, listen, like, you if you don't want to know what she thinks, don't ask her. <laughs> Uh-uh. Right? No, I'm not like that. I, I, don't, I don't have so that in me. Funny. Like, if she's not going to just offer it up and tell you what she thinks just out of, you know. But if you say, well, what do you think about so-and-so? Get ready. Yeah, she'll tell you. It's coming. You better be ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. She's great. All right, Lauren. So do you have any, this will be our last question for you, but do you have any lasting advice for educators? And we have educators that all levels in college, mm-hmm. been teaching 35 years, etc. Um, just what advice do you have for the education crowd? If you're not in it as a calling, it might be time to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it truly is a calling for me. Like this year I was called back to do it because I I needed that fulfillment in my life. I needed to be the light in kids' lives. So if you are not one that wants to be the light in the student's life, then it might be time for you to go somewhere else. But if you do, be the light. Just be the light every day. Just yeah. smile at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, even down the, they were walking down the hallway the other day, and I was asking kids I didn't even know, like, do you like ranch with pizza? Like, we were having a debate in the hallway. Just be that person. Yeah. I oh, remember that lady, you know. Because sometimes, even if you don't know the kid, they're not in your classroom, that might be the brightest spot of their day. Mm-hmm. They go through a lot. They endure a lot, especially more so now after COVID. Here I go blaming COVID again. But it just they just have a lot on their plates, even the elementary babies. And you just have to be the light. And if you're not, reassess, readjust. Mm-hmm. And really think about... Why did I get into this and and find that flame? Because mm-hmm. we all became mm-hmm. teachers to make a difference. That's right. Yes. And so I think sometimes we just need our flame reignited, which is really our goal. Go to a PD, mm-hmm. Rita. I I am a big um. Oh, it's keeping the wonder. I follow all these ladies on social media these teachers, they're, they're secondary teachers and they are kind of like goofy teachers like me and they dress up and do crazy stuff. Um, but it's, it's keeping the wonder and it's a book that I got and it's, I'll have to share it with y'all. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. We can put it's it. kind of like, it reminds me of elementary, you know, what elementary teachers do on a daily basis, but in a secondary classroom. And that's important to our bigger kids, even in college. Mm-hmm. Like they still need the the fun. Mm-hmm. We've taken fun out of education and it's not fun. We got to make it fun because oh. they want it to be fun. And then it makes it fun for you. So if your flame is gone, have fun with them. Mm-hmm. Make it fun because yeah. then it might be rekindled. Absolutely. Yes. Maybe that's maybe that change needs to start in us. I remember being at a a PD, I can't remember his name now. He did a lot of work on coaching and he said uh, teachers would come to him and say, these kids just aren't engaged anymore. And he'd say, well, tell me about some engaging lessons you've taught. (laughs) Oh, there's a problem. Put it back on them. Yeah. I mean, 
teaching is it's a self-reflecting thing. And once you figure out how to do that and monitor and adjust, you're going to be the best that you can be for those kids Mm -hmm. every day. Um, I I do it all the time. Like I'll go back. Why did I do that? You know, just thinking them through the lesson and just reassessing. And then sometimes I'll just ask them like, did y'all get what I was saying yesterday? No, no, no. Okay. Well, let's look at it this way. You know, just asking them, they're going to be honest. They're going to tell you. And if they don't, they'll tell other people and you'll hear it. (laughs) Kids kids don't lie. (laughs) <laughs> They're, the latest now at, at my school is Miss Cleek. She's so hard. I'm like I'd rather be the hard teacher than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least I'm challenging you. I always say it is my job to teach you. <laughs> it is. It's my job to make you think. Okay. What they're really saying, Lauren, I don't think it's that you're hard, but that you met, you hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I do. They need to be held accountable, and they can be held accountable. And so many people just don't do that anymore. Yeah, and it's frustrating. Yeah. And I it's see that too. I see that side of it. What they can do when the bar is high and there's support. You know, mm-hmm. so many times I think we set the bar high and we'll just say, oh, they'll get there. And yep. they will not do it if they do not know that you are there to support them. There to support them. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. But when they do know that you're there to support them, it just, they'll just, like, a prime example, this one student I have this year, um, she probably, shouldn't be in an AP style classroom. And I could see that from the get-go and uh, I knew it was going to be an issue. And so I always go back there and I always sit with her and I say, what is it that we need to get done today? Because Mm -hmm. she, she won't turn in homework things. Like she just works all the time. It's just a lot going on. And so we'll just, we baby step it and no one else knows, but we know we have this understanding that you do what you can for me, because I know we're getting there and and we'll make it work. And she has, she has, she wrote a thesis statement the other day. And I was like, Oh, I just wanted to cry. <laughs> and people are like, why are you so excited? I'm like, she wrote a thesis. Y'all. <laughs> it's just amazing. Cause I thought, ah, oh, and it was good. It was really good. Oh, wow. Man. Yay. Yeah. They'll move mountains. You they- just got to give them that. Some, some of them need a little bit more rope than others. Mm-hmm. Some of them need a little bit more of a push than others. Some of them get up there and then they need some help while they're up there. I mean, it's just, it's all different types. Yeah. It is. Oh, Mason, Lauren, you're a joy to talk is to. She, I'm, oh, thanks. Yes. Thanks. I'm I love education. I love teaching. It's my, it's, I always tell people it's my jam. It's, <laughs> we feel the same way. <laughs> I know what you mean about people are like, why? Why do you teach? I'm like, because I love it every day. I do too. It's something new every day. It's so stressful. Well, I mean, other things are too. Yeah, it, yeah. they really are. They are. And mm-hmm. I think, I think you gave great advice at the beginning. Is like focus on the things you can control, and yeah. we do have to accept some things, and we can. Oh yes, our stress cycle, like we, we talked can. about in the last episode, we should go for a run, Lauren. <laughs> We yes. Sign yourself up for a marathon or half marathon. It'll well, get you. That stress is gone. We've done that before. <laughs> we have done that. And then I tore. Are y'all doing St. Jude? I'm doing St. Jude. You are? I won't be any ready. No, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm in my walking days. I think. <laughs> hey, that's a stress reliever too. Ride a bike. Mm-hmm. You know, 
movement, I think is just the, the key. We say... And talking to other people on your hallway is so key, too. And checking in on your on your peeps. Yes. I do that, too. If you can tell that they're they're frustrated or need a hug. Like the other day, one of my colleagues, she had locked her keys in her car. And I, and I walked in and was like, hey, it's almost Friday. And she just, like, started crying. I said, what is wrong? She's like, oh, I... I dropped my, I left, I locked my keys in my car and I was like, it's going to be okay. Today's Friday. <laughs> you need a hug. So I gave her a hug. She's like, thank you so much. I just made my day. I mean, sometimes people just need a hug. Lauren, that's one of the things to close your stress cycle is a hug. Mm-hmm. That's literally. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Affection. It I'm really- a hugger. That's just me. I'm a hugger. Well, you are in the right profession, sister. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you. You did not inform your mother that you were going on your interview. <laughs> yeah, I was scared to make that phone call. <laughs> yeah, I got a new job. Oh, really? Where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be teaching. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I was like, oh, you're not mad? Okay. <laughs> no. She knew She knew it was coming, I'm yeah. sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you got in this profession for the money, you are not in it for the right reason. Oh, that's right. No. And really, I think that's for every profession. Mm-hmm. You know, you, mm-hmm. I, do, I really don't want a doctor working on me. Gotta have the heart. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, got to have the heart. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the heart and the passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if and you I, don't, do something and rekindle it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because I think it's in most educators. We just got to remind ourselves of it. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to inspire. That's so. right. Well, I'm telling you, keeping the wonder... They have a PD workshop, like different places every, oh, year, I guess. I think COVID kind of messed them up, but they do have this book. It's Keeping the Wonder. And it's it's a teacher. Her name is Building Book Love. She's out of Tennessee. She's wonderful. I don't think she's a full-time teacher anymore. She does like teachers pay teachers things. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, other girl, her name's Ride On with Miss G. And she teaches like eighth grade writing, English and writing. Um, and then there's two other ones. One of them is a college professor now, but they're amazing and they do amazing things in their classroom. And then they have put that in a book and like actually try to inspire teachers. So y'all check that out. It's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. Send us that yeah. and we'll, or anybody that you follow, um, send us those people and we'll put them in the show notes because other people might want to yeah. follow them too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, all need some we sure do. We do. Okay, thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, you gave me some pep in my step today. So. Oh, thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Oh, so our pleasure. You. Yeah, you kicked us. You kicked voices from the classroom off in a great the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with others. Write and review it on the podcast app because that helps other people find us. We hope today has helped you in some way. Our goal is to help one teacher, help one student, one day, one time. See you next time. Bye.